From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Also, Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll talk about net neutrality. What is it and why should it concern you? Would you still use the Internet if it were not free? We'll also talk about web browsers and search engines and the difference between those. You can give us a call this morning if you have any questions or comments at 877-MPB-RING. number is 877-672-7464 or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wilts Couture and also Jeremy Thompson, who's joining us from Hattiesburg today. And uh, we're going to be talking about net neutrality today. Uh, you might not know what it is, but hopefully we'll give you an idea of what it is by the time the show is over. Try to let you know why this is something that you should care about and be looking out for in tech news. We'll also talk about Internet browsers and search engines. And we'd love to hear from you. If you are already kind of familiar uh, with net neutrality and you have some questions or comments, you can give us a call about that. Uh, we'd also like to know what web browser is your favorite? What search engine is your favorite? I have one. We'll talk about that a little later on, what the differences are uh, between those. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. Uh, of course, if you have any general tech questions, you can call us with those as well. 877-672-7464 or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, good morning to you, Wilt and Jeremy. How are you guys? Wonderful. How are y'all doing this morning? I'm doing all right. Doing great. Um, well, I, I had switched carriers uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sad to uh, announce that it has been working horribly for me. Um, oh, I've had no. a lot of dead spots, no service in areas. Uh, the, the E is popping up. I can't tell you the last time I've seen no service on my phone. I can't tell you the last, last time I'd seen an E on my phone with a, a past carrier. So there's a 30-day period to where I can take the phone back and get my old phone back because I had to get their phone to get this new one. So, you know, I told you I'd gotten this iPhone 7, but they still have my iPhone 6 Plus, and I'm going to go back and get it today and uh, oh, switch so, back. So is um, that frustrating? Huh? Yeah, it is. Even here at work, I have no service. That well, is completely unheard of. That That's just crazy because it's not like we're, you know, I mean, I understand quite a few of our listeners probably run into issues being in some of the, you know, the more rural areas in our state. I could see that. But, I mean, in 2017, to be in the capital city and have, you know, connectivity issues, that's just, uh, that's not cool. Yeah, it's frustrating. Streaming uh, is hard to do. Uh, just all the things that I was typically comfortable doing, I, I have not been able to do uh, efficiently for the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to have to take it back. Now, I know some of the carriers are all switching to Unlimited now. Yeah, Verizon's brought it back. 
Yeah, so that was my motivation um, because I need unlimited. I don't like to have data caps and things like that. I know AT&T does offer unlimited, uh, but I think it's with a bundle. Um, it is because we're, yeah. we're on that. And, okay. and it saves our tail, but, yeah, you have to be bundled with DirecTV, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, a, that's an additional burden sometimes. But AT&T's service was perfect. I'd never had any issues with dead spots or no service, and the E never popped up. So they have wonderful service in Jackson. Uh, but I'm just looking for a carrier where I can get that unlimited package. Uh, yeah, so Jeremy, do you have any, any, any thoughts on that, on dead spots, and what can you do, if anything? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I have some personal experience with that. Uh, when I was about 19, I moved to an apartment um, and I had really bad cell reception, and I called AT&T several times, and I was like, look, I'm not even getting any reception at my house, so this is a big problem for me. And, you know, I had already been a customer for a while, so um, they wanted to hit me with early termination fees because I wanted to go find a carrier that I could actually get service with at my house. And so um, I called, uh, or actually I went online to the FCC, uh, and I raised a complaint with them, and I had AT&T Executive Customer Service calling me, finding out what uh, what they could do to get me to uh, drop my complaint. So wow. if you're having uh, issues yourself, you might want to consider going to the FCC because they're kind of the boss of the uh, telecoms there. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah and, um, now, up at work, we use uh, Verizon, mm-hmm. and... Something that we've had pretty decent luck with is we've had a couple of teammates that live in some more rural areas, uh, a couple of them knocked down around Crystal Springs and stuff. And we've actually contacted the the provider, contacted Verizon, and they've done some adjustments out there to help us out in a couple of areas. Something, too, that maybe for some of our listeners that are in those those kind of areas that we've noticed, especially if you have um, high-speed Internet at the house, is we've gotten this for a couple of different folks. We put in the little, um, I don't know, you can almost kind of, it's kind of like an extender for the cellular network. It plugs up to their home internet, mm-hmm. and it kind of extends it within their house. So that may be an option for some folks out there, but I, I kind of agree with both of y'all. It, we should be having good coverage around here. I mean, you know, it's like you know we're we're not in, we're not totally in the boonies anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was just saying I, I agree with that. Um, I also have AT and T, and they used to have kind of spotty coverage in Hattiesburg. But for the last several years, their coverage has been dead on. And I know that they're more affordable than Verizon tends to be. Mm-hmm. So I myself am a pretty happy AT&T customer. All right. Um, well, uh, 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation today. We're going to be talking about net neutrality. If that's something you've heard of and you already have some thoughts about it, you can give us a call and we will talk about it um, in depth. But kind of on the surface today, uh, 877-672-7464 is the number. Also, if you want to call with any general tech questions you might have, we have a couple couple early callers. Sally is an olive branch with a question. Good morning to you, Sally. What do you have for us today? Good morning. Hey. Um, I'm sort of ashamed to admit what I've got to say, but anyway, I've got, I got a new iPhone in December of 2014. I think it's a 6, and have never backed it up. But, but I was with some friends this weekend, and they showed me what to do, and I bought some extra storage. So I have been backing up now for two days. Okay. <laughs> and I'm wondering, is that... Should it be taking that long? I mean, I do have about 
a hundred video, little videos of my grandchildren, and then about seven hundred pictures. So that's the bulk of my what I'm probably backing up. But is that should it still be taking that long? It, it kind of can in the beginning. One of your your things that you run into is it. And if I'm not mistaken, Jeremy, please correct me if I'm wrong also, is that for the backup on the iPhones to work, you have to be on Wi-Fi. They generally do not really like going across the uh, the data networks because it does eat up a little bit okay, of your Well, I heard that, and I am doing that. I'm It's at my house. It's plugged in the wall. and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not plugged into the – does it have to be plugged directly into no. the – no, no, not at all. Just on your if it's on your Wi-Fi. And then the other thing about home Wi-Fi networks is the download speeds can generally be wonderful. You know, the idea is that we want to bring the data into our house. We want to watch the movies. We're wanting to get our web pages. But quite honestly, upload speeds at home are typically very, very slow. Um, so for you sending data from you out to the cloud, it's going to be a much, much slower process. And the reason they do that is so that people aren't trying to run businesses on residential lines and, okay. and some other things. So so it's not really uh, abnormal for it to take a while. Mine, mine also takes quite a bit of time in order to uh, upload. But once it gets that initial batch up there, it should just be just your changes moving forward. So you should have a much better experience at that point. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't want to, I couldn't decide if because it already said it already shows that some of the storage has been used up, but 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 it's show the you know the wheel's still spinning on the screen you know on the backup screen. Yeah, it, like I said, that initial can take a while because okay. depending on your home, um, you know that that upload speed is just so slow, unfortunately. Uh, okay. The same problem that pe- uh, that people would run into when they do like uh, online backups and stuff. It just takes it a long time. But if you're seeing that wheel spinning and you are seeing, you know, the uh, the numbers slowly increase, then then you're on your way. Okay. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Sally. All right. Thanks, Sally. We appreciate it. Um, and, uh, go ahead, Jeremy. I would also I would also suggest um, actually hooking your iPhone up to your computer if you have one and doing a backup that way. Because that will take much less time, and you'll be able to get it locally on your computer. That way, if you need to restore it to your phone, you won't have to re-download it from the cloud, which is also going to take some time. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty common thing. Uh, I even had a guy leave his iPhone here at my shop the other day. He's like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I'll be back in a couple hours. I'm just going to let my iCloud back up. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. He came back to pick it up, and it said that he had nine hours remaining. So I was Whoa. like, yeah, I don't think we'll get it done today. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, next call goes to Jerry, who's on the road with a question. Good morning to you, Jerry. What do you have for us today? Morning. Uh, I still have a home line that I want to get rid of, but due to my job, I still have to do factors. My question is, can I discontinue the home line but still have the capability of doing factors if there's some technology for that? Well, there are some faxes. Um, I'm trying to remember what the, you can actually get faxes via email. Um, and my mind is drawing a blank. I'm going to do a little quick Googling here. but uh, I, I kind of missed what he said. I'm sorry. I, it kind of cut out on me. Oh, about uh, dropping your home line, but still for business purposes, still needing to retain the ability to receive faxes. Yeah, just send oh. and receive, right? Right. Uh, okay, so um, if if you're just receive, you just want to receive, or you need to send as well. 
think he says sending as well. Yeah, okay. So um, if you want to do that and you want to port the actual number that you have, uh, there are online services that you can do that um, where you can just receive and send faxes um, from your phone. So do you have a way to scan stuff in, or do you need a way to still use the fax machine? Use the fax, yeah. We do scan, but I still have to do faxes as well. But I want to just okay. continue my home line, though. You gotta, you got to keep that line in order to retain that fax. There, there's no way to go around that. Okay. Yeah, you could you could go dig, uh, you could go digital and do it all through your computer. Some services such as uh, eFax and MyFax will actually give you a phone number, and you can basically send and receive them in the exact same way you send uh, send and receive email. So those were an option if you were able to get away from the fax machine itself. Yeah. Okay. And 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 just continue the home line then. You say eFax. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Jerry, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll begin the conversation on net neutrality. Still to come, we'll talk about web browsers and search engines. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. What have you heard about net neutrality? Do you have any concerns? Our question to you is, would you still use the Internet if it were not free? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined in studio by Wills Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, who's joining us on the phone uh, in Hattiesburg. He's owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And uh, one of the main topics we're going to be talking about today is net neutrality, and later we'll get into web browsers and search engines. All right, so um, guys, the net neutrality topic can be complex. Uh, it kind of has a political twist in some areas. So just tell us, um, and we'll start with you, Wilts. What is your understanding of what net neutrality is, and how would you break it down to the average person? Well, you know, the nice thing about net neutrality, in my opinion, is what, what net neutrality means is that all traffic on the Internet that you receive is equal. That means that Microsoft and Apple and Google don't get priority traffic over over any other site. In other words, you know, you, there's not a, uh, a fast lane in there just for specific services. So what that's really meant for the Internet in general has been that it's been a lot of, a lot of growth and, and the, big, the big dogs and the little dogs are able to play on an equal playing field. So that's, that's what's meant by that neutrality, that nobody has an advantage over someone else. The threat to that is that there's been um, – a lot of push by some of your big providers to say, hey, look, what do you say if you pay a little bit extra, we'll make sure you'll have a better experience. Let's just say, you know, Netflix gets thrown in there a lot, a a service a lot of people are familiar with. So if you pay a little bit extra, we're going to give a little bit of priority. We're going to give the, we're going to give the, uh, the, 
the you know commuter lane here to to Netflix, and we're going to guarantee their service coming through. But your other ones might be a little bit slower. And and to me, what that really starts to threaten is that that takes that that neutral ground that you don't have to you know you don't have to pay to play away mm-hmm. from things, and really kind of threatens potentially the uh, a lot of the innovation that's come out of the internet. Okay, Jeremy, what's your view on net neutrality? What's your understanding well, of it? So um, I guess what most people want to know is, like, what, what's in it for them or, or what's, what's the big deal? So um, you can kind of think of it like they want to bundle these things like your cable TV packages. So you got to pay extra for Cinemax and then if you want the sports package and so forth, the Internet's going to be broken up into that type of package, or at least that's one of the ideas. Um, so you'll have to pay a little extra to be able to do certain things like, like Wilts was saying, like Netflix or um, uh, it possibly even bigger sites that we use like Facebook. Or I mean, Netflix is huge, but like everybody uses Facebook. And so if the Facebook is in a package, and I'm sure that it will be, you may have to pay $5 extra to access that on the, quote, fast lane. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, a couple calls to get to. Tim is in Louisiana with a comment. Good morning to you, Tim. What do you have for us today? Well, good morning. I, I want to stay on the net neutrality issue right now for a second, but I got a, other little information to share with you. Um, you know, we have this theft of the commons in which the people pay for, you know, the, the, the expensive things are commonized and the profits are privatized. You know, I see, um, I see high-speed Internet going in along the highway here. And, you know, um, it's paid for by a government grant, yet the at the delivery end, it's going to be privatized. So I think we need to re- maintain a very strong net neutrality so that, you know, things aren't controlled by uh, political powers. Okay. And secondly, I want you know I called a week or so ago about my uh, new Raspberry Pi and Windows 10 IoT, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to go with Ubuntu. I loaded the 64-bit Ubuntu onto my uh, new Pi 3 um, Model B, and it just works freaking great, you know. Awesome. So I just so I just want to let you know that you know a hundred dollar computer is out there. You know. Wow. Okay, Tim. Well, and, I, and uh, the the onboard Wi-Fi works great. You know, and it's just groovy. All right, Tim. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that you figured that out. And uh, we uh, we'd love to uh, kind of follow up on your uh, net neutrality thoughts and and get some thoughts from other listeners. Uh, listeners, do you think the internet should be neutral, or would you have an issue with it being prioritized uh, towards specific websites or uh, services? Call us at eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you have any comments or questions or if you have any general tech questions, you can call us as well. 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right. uh, Here's an email from Lily. She says, I can hear videos on my HP tablet but not see anything. The screen is black. Why might that be? Mm. Okay. Yeah, it could be a video... Well, one question that comes to mind is, can she see anything on the screen? Or is it just the videos that are going away? Um, Okay. From a very simple standpoint, I say, you know, is the the video reduced all the way down? Is it maybe flashing down in that lower 
on that lower taskbar that it might have gotten just reduced. Um, if you have multiple screens, has it been dragged off to the side somewhere? Uh, those are the. Um, I yeah. would say um, also, is this Windows or is this Android? Because if this is Android, then you might need a different video player for Android. The one that comes in Android, uh, it doesn't do everything necessarily. So I'd look up like VLC in the App Store. If it's Windows, um, uh, we need to know what kind of videos these are. Is it like, is it YouTube? Um, is, is it possibly uh, you could be needing a Flash Player update? There's a lot of variables here, so if uh, if they could email us back with that information, that would certainly help. All right, Lily, try to email us back with that information if you're listening, or uh, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. All right, we are going back to the phones. Steve is in Gautier, Mississippi. Good morning to you, Steve. What's your question? Yeah, uh, I'm a businessman, and Gautier, and a little concerned about, uh, well, I'm a neutral, okay, uh, open internet, but I'm concerned about netlock, okay, and I'm I'll give you some little background on that. Uh, we're a HughesNet dealer, and they just launched the new satellite Gen 5, and come March the 16th, they're going to have unlimited video streaming, okay, for residential customers. And uh, that concerns me quite a bit with also with uh, that's a geo-orbit satellite, but when the LEOs come out in a couple of years, they're going to, it's going to take care of the latency problem. What my biggest concern is, it's netlock, you know. Uh, so many people get on the internet more and more with fiber optics or whatever. With the new Leo satellites coming out in a couple of years, uh, you know, what does that do for our industry? Um, you you kind of like you know, kind of talking about like maybe like congestion and such. Kind of like we're uh, we're overloading the highway. Is that kind of where you're? Correct. Yeah, we have a demo to show customers that too. Yeah, and showing highways like that, like gridlock, netlock. Too many people on it, and more and more people getting on it now especially with unlimited internet, which we offer, the video streaming, and the Fire Ant Easy Box is very new now. You can get anything and everything out there. You know, movies just came out of the theater. It's all legal, not downloaded, okay? And they can get anything and everything as long as they got a good internet connection, and satellite is a good internet connection now, okay? Uh, HughesNet, we deal for them. They got theirs up. They launched it uh, Sunday before Christmas, and and just just activated it, and Exceed's going to be doing the same thing by the end of the year. It's, it's paralleling what uh, satellite TV was doing. You know, big dish, little dish, no locals. They moved in mainstream when they got the locals and stuff. And the satellite, the way things are going, it's cheaper and stuff. Uh, the satellites used to cost $500 million. Now, with the new satellite plant they built in Jupiter, Florida, when they launched the LEO, they're going to be putting out 15 of those things a week at $50,000 instead of $500 million, okay? Wow. That was a younger man. I'm 70. <laughs> Technology's going crazy, you know, uh, and stuff. Uh, the big guys like Qualcomm is invested in that, along with Virgin and Coca-Cola, HughesNet. Qualcomm, I'm talking about the One World Web, they make 95% of the chips for uh, for cell phones, nation. I mean, worldwide, and that's the technology they're using and stuff. Anyway, uh, I'm rambling. I just want to get your opinion on uh, what what's all this people getting on the internet and doing more and more and more and faster and faster and faster and we're going to have uh you know netlock all right steve thank you so much for that uh that question we appreciate it and those comments thank you yeah you know i think that we are going to see um i think we're hearing that argument out of a lot of the different providers like oh well you know we have to we have to provide more we have to provide more we have to provide more but you know in all honesty um my personal opinion 
the infrastructure is actually there. I mean, even the fiber, um, I think a caller just a little bit ago mentioned about, you know, the fiber going into the ground right along the highways we're seeing right now. The fiber is capable of cap- handling so much more. So, yes, the uh, providers are going to need to respond with giving, you know, improved access. But as far as for us over, you know, oversaturating it, I, I guess maybe I'm just uh, an optimist. I just don't think we're at that point just yet. Um, and I mean, we've been I, hearing I, for years and years and years. Oh, we've got to change, you know, you know, to get super nerdy. IPv4 versus IPv6. You know, the uh, that was an argument for a number of years. And I just, I just don't see it. Even with the Internet of Things, we're still seeing that um, you know, bandwidth is not a problem. If anything, just getting the access to people is the problem. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I agree with Wilt 100%. And I was even going to say, you know, yeah, they talk about how we're going to run out of IP addresses, and that may happen at some point. But there'll be a plan. I mean, what, if there's one thing that this country is on top of, it's technology. I mean, look at how far we've come in the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. we'll be fine. All right, Steve, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to stay on the phones. We're going next to Bruce, who's in Lumberton, with a question. Good morning to you, Bruce. What do you have for us today? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I got a, uh, had some trouble with an Acer computer there several times, and I sent the old one in back and they sent me another one but i didn't have all my stuff backed up you know like facebook and all that stuff and on my phone it's you know my number on my phone says like i got like 40 notifications and requests and all that can i get that off of my phone and transfer it to the new computer somehow notifications from where bruce facebook uh i'm trying to get you know, my stuff off my old computer that I didn't have backed up. But uh, okay. Everything on Facebook should be backed up, right, uh, Jeremy? I mean, you don't. If I'm to understand this right, you sent your computer back for service and you didn't back up the stuff on your drive, and when you got it back, it was all gone? Wait a minute. I got a, there's a laptop, one I sent back in. Right. That I had trouble with. And on my little phone, right. it's just a flip phone. It says that I got all these notifications. So have you like have you logged back into your Facebook account on your laptop or do you not remember your login info? No, I got all my login info. I'm just trying to get my past data that I lost on that computer, that laptop. Okay, so your Facebook stuff would be online, but anything else that you had on that hard drive is long gone, unfortunately. They may have put a whole new hard drive. Depending on what they did to your computer, they may have completely replaced everything. They may have sent you a brand-new unit, so there's no way to get your data back, unfortunately. Okay, thank you. All right. And to any of our listeners, like if, you, if you're going to send your computer off for service, if there's anything valuable on it, you need to get that off before you send it in because they're not going to back that up for you. Yeah, shoot us a note if anyone needs to, you know, maybe some uh, some ideas on how to do that. But you're absolutely right. Once it uh, leaves your physical possession, there's no telling what could happen to it. Okay, Bruce, thank you for your call, and uh, sorry about that. Uh, before we go to the break, we're going to Michael, who's in Mount Olive, with a comment about net neutrality. Good morning, Michael. What do you have for us today? Hi, good morning. Uh, a quick uh, comment on uh, cell service. I've, uh, I'm a cell tech, and uh, last summer I worked at... Uh, Verizon sites in Appalachia, and uh, Verizon will flat out tell you we're not the cheapest. We don't pretend to be, but if you use a phone for business, it's going to be probably Verizon followed by AT&T and then uh, the herd. But uh, my my comment is about net neutrality. 
and uh, the uh, the pipe has a, uh, is a is a fixed cost. I mean, you can't sell more more to the consumer, you know, uh, you know, from a pipe. It's just like it's like a water pipe. A water pipe in itself has no value or little value. It's the water that has uh, or the content on the internet or the value. So when I, when I see uh, companies that want to uh, uh, destroy net neutrality using uh, say politicians and uh, to uh, uh, that will prevent uh, uh, the uh, internet being labeled a utility, and uh, um, it's it's, it's profit driven, and I'm not sure how those profits are going to be split. So if net, if net, whatever, net vision, whoever uh, is delivering content and uh, they can charge you for an increased uh, uh, service, uh, data speed, uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of curious how that increased profit will be split with uh, the people that own the pipe, like AT&T or uh, if you're using a wireless uh, uh, pipe. So, so I'm really skeptical about the whole issue of, net neutrality and uh, I believe that it should be uh, the internet should be declared a public utility and that's that's all if anybody has any uh, business comments or you know the, the increased profits where they're going to go or 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 why I mean exactly they want to do this is uh, is my big question and suspicion okay any uh, anything else uh, okay Michael uh, good, good comments uh, thank you so much yeah, Wills Jeremy thank y'all you. have any uh, thoughts on Michael's comments well, you're, you're absolutely right, Michael. It, I think a lot of it is um, profit-driven, as, as a lot of things are driven. And, and I'm not really sure what the uh, – I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm not really sure beyond the profits what their real motivation is. So, All right, Jeremy, what about you? I, I think that um, if they wanted to prioritize – the traffic. If they want, if they want people to to pay for it, then any company that can afford to do it is going to do it, and the little guy is always going to be left behind. So, uh, while I don't know if it should be turned into a public utility exactly, because I believe that there are certain things that government can fumble with, um, I, I think it needs to stay the way that it is. All right, Michael, thank you so much for your comments. We really appreciate it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue talking about net neutrality, and we'll get into the conversation about web browsers and search engines. What's the difference between uh, web browsers? Uh, Do you have a favorite? Are you a Google Chrome fan? Uh, Are you uh, a Mozilla Firefox? I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know if I'm ever saying that right. Fan, uh, let us know what web browser you like. And uh, since we're talking about net neutrality, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Internet. Do you think it should be open and equally shared, uh, neutral, or do you think that companies should have the right to prioritize and charge people to use the Internet. 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Currently, all our lines are open. We'd love for you to join the conversation as well if you have any general tech questions. 877-MPB-RING. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. 
I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And we've been talking a lot today about net neutrality. And we have some uh, calls to get to. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. Uh, we've been talking about the Internet. Do you believe it should be equal, equally shared? Do you believe it should be opened? Uh, open when you have a problem with companies kind of prioritizing things or, or charging you uh, for an Internet package? 877-MPB-RING is the number or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We do have an email to get to shortly. But we're going to go back to the phones. Tyler is in Jackson with a comment about net neutrality. Good morning, Tyler. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, ma'am. As far as the uh, whole issue with net neutrality, of course the service providers uh, are against net neutrality. It's a way that they can extort more money from the public. And, uh, you know, those costs have to get passed on to someone. And they will get passed on to the consumer. You know, the whole reason the Internet was founded was for the free exchange of ideas, the free exchange of ideas. And uh, it's just uh, everyone that uses the Internet for anything should be calling their senator and uh, voicing their disgust for them to even offer the proposal to uh, do away with net neutrality. Because it's just there's no reason for them to to uh, to. Uh, offer a fast lane for one business over the other except to make more money, which will cost the consumer more money. So, I mean, it's, just, it's against the whole reason the Internet was found. Okay. Uh, good thoughts, Tyler. Uh, any yeah. follow-up? Yeah, I mean, I think um, <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, man. That's, that's kind of what I'm seeing as well. I mean, we've seen so much... Um, development come out of the internet i mean you know people who never had a voice now have a voice companies who would have probably never gotten off the ground because they weren't the big ibms or or such would have never really been able to launch so just the uh, the what the internet has brought forth i mean now let's you know let let's go to the other side of it also i mean you know sometimes it maybe it puts out a little bit too much out there and maybe some people who we'd maybe rather not hear their voice get too much of a voice but i, I think that that has value as well i think that it, it makes you know everyone's equal behind that keyboard uh be it good or bad and there's there's just a lot of value in that yes sir the, the reasons uh and uh the reasons to do away with net neutrality are just nothing compared for the reasons, you know, to keep net neutrality. It's, it's uh, to me, it's it's just a clear choice. Uh, you know, net neutrality should stand, no question. All right, Tyler, thank you so much for your call. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going next to Albert and Emory with a comment about net neutrality. Good morning, Albert. What do you have for us? Well, well, uh, I guess what, what I've got to say is this. My understanding of net neutrality is not so much that they are prioritizing. It's that they are intentionally deprioritizing or slowing certain packets, a.k.a. those from Netflix or other providers, that they then go say, oh, well, yeah, we, we want some more money from you guys. And then, of course, then Netflix comes back to me, who's already paid for the internet, aka, you know, I paid for a certain rate, right? I paid for this rate of internet, but these people I paid money to are intentionally monkeying with the packet sent to me to slow them below the rate I previously paid for. Uh, effectively, it's effectively it's kind of like a, a ripoff or trying to bill me twice for the same thing. And I think you can work around it in some cases, 
by using a VPN. Is that correct still these days? Well, hypothetically, though, they could actually control that VPN traffic as well. Um, that becomes what's known as IPsec traffic, and that would have its own priority on the Internet. We see that already with a lot of different hotels. If you go to a hotel, um, the free Internet may or may not allow you to run VPNs, and that's kind of been frustrating to me before on some business trips that uh, my VPN won't work. And is that typically in a, a higher-priced hotel? Uh, typically. Uh, they'll actually I, shape, they'll usually, sh- you know, traffic shape that out. Which is ironic, you know, you're paying yeah. more for a thing, and then they figure out, oh, well, since we have more money to start with, we'll try to use some of that money to get more money out of you. Right. It, it's like the last caller said, they're extorting money out of people's hands. I mean, when he said that, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. I was like, boom, there you go. That's what it is. So that's, that's this is the whole argument here. This is a huge money-making thing for everyone except the people. All right, Albert, thank you so much for your call. We do appreciate it. Um, and uh, we're going to talk now with Tyler and Picayune, who has a comment about using Chrome and Google Drive. And uh, we'll kind of transition into our Internet browsers topic as well, web, web browsers. Good morning, Tyler. What do you have for us today? Hi. Um, I just wanted to talk about how the Chrome Internet browser has just completely changed the way that I do my schoolwork. I'm a full-time student at USM, and I purchased a Samsung Chromebook back in 2013 and had no idea to the extent of what Google can do with their online browser. And since then, I have seamlessly put up all of my essays, my research papers, and they're all loaded into my Google Drive, which can be accessed from several devices, all of my PowerPoints and essays and research papers, and it just makes life so much easier when I learn the full potential of the Chrome browser because it saves every bit to a cloud, and you can use it on different devices. And I've just completely fallen in love with the seamless compatibility of Chrome, and I just wanted to throw my opinion out there on web browsers. And I believe, honestly, Firefox is right behind Chrome, but... Chrome has the seamless compatibility in between devices that I just could not get with Firefox, and I just love the Chromebooks that are out, and this thing's still going strong. It's been beaten and battered, but I love the Internet base of it without using any moving parts on the inside of that computer. It's all solid state, so I like, I really like what Google's done with their Chrome browser and how they upgraded it and used it. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Tyler. I use Google Drive, I use Google Chrome, Gmail, all of the the whole little ecosystem, and I love uh, the accessibility and, like you said, the compatibility as well. So I agree with you. Oh, definitely. I'm a uh, I'm a huge. I, I was a I was a later adopter to Chrome, and I've always been a big fan of you know Google and Gmail and and some of that. Um, for whatever insane reason, I kind of stuck by the. Uh, the built-in browser with my particular computer and finally stepped away from it. And it has really been eye-opening. It has really um, integrated so much better. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Chrome fan as well. And like you said, that integration, and don't forget, you know, they even had their own word processing and spreadsheets and everything else. I mean, that's just part of that innovation that's come, kind of come out of the Internet. Is, you know, Google's really a, um, a, a really a shining example of that. It really kind of shows us what can happen when a company works together. All right, Tyler. Thank you for that call. Go ahead, Jeremy. 
Those, uh, the Chromebooks, I'm also really impressed by Chromebooks. Uh, they're getting more powerful. They're getting the ability to use the apps from the Android App Store and everything. So they're still up and coming, but I'm agreeing with everybody else. They're fast. They're lightweight. Uh, they synchronize online. There's a lot of functionality that you're going to get out of them, and as the apps get built onto them, they're going to get even better. So it's, uh, it's almost like a cheaper laptop that has almost full functionality of like a Windows laptop. Yes. Okay. We're going to take our final break. When we get back, we have Rosina to get to, and we have a few lines open. If you want to join the conversation, we've been talking about net neutrality today. If you have any questions or comments about uh, net neutrality, do you think the Internet should be equally shared and completely open and neutral? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. We'll also talk more about web browsers when we return. Uh, Which one do you use? Are you a big fan of Google Chrome or Firefox? Call us. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7467. 7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wills Couture and Jeremy Thompson. We've been talking a lot about net neutrality. And uh, before we go back to the phones, we have a few to get to uh, before the show ends. I uh, just wanted to really quickly, Wilt and Jeremy, uh, get your thoughts on Internet browsers. Um, are some better than others? I use Google Chrome uh, because it is lightning fast. Um, and like uh, the other call was saying, the, the ecosystem that's, uh, you know, related to Google is just awesome. But um, are they better than others? Or are you going to be in a pretty decent shape if you use Internet browsers? Any, any Internet browser? You know, I think that there is a difference. I think that they kind of ebb and flow, though. Um, with each update, maybe someone gets a little bit better. Maybe someone gets a little bit worse. But um, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm a big Chrome fan. Um, we all know the Internet Explorer is built into Windows. Uh, Internet Explorer is really kind of going away. Edge is taking over if you have Windows 10 now. And just to be quite honest, I'm not that happy with it. I'm not really all that impressed with it. There's a lot of changes going on with Internet browsing. And, yeah, they're not not—they're definitely not created equal anymore. Okay. Jeremy, what are your thoughts? I uh, agree completely. I, I've been a big Chrome fan. I used to use Firefox all the time. And then when Google released Chrome, I tried it, and I was like, whoa. I am never going back to Firefox. Hmm. So I've used Chrome for many years. Um, Firefox would be my second uh, browser choice. And then, um, like Will said, Edge. And I've noticed something about Windows 10. I've got it on my laptop, and it's really, really annoying. Um, Windows 10 will actually monitor that you're using Chrome, and it'll pop up this little thing that says, hey, I see you're using Chrome, but Edge is so much faster, or so they say. And uh, it will kind of harass you to use Edge. So uh, you got to go into your settings and tell it to uh, to leave you alone in order to uh, get away from that. But I thought that was just kind of strange. All right. few calls to get to. Uh, Rosina is in Braxton. Uh, Rosina, thank you so much for holding so patiently. What's your question? Hi. I want to deviate a second from my question. Okay. I use Chrome, and I think it's fantastic. I'm going to have to more features. Can I use that on my iPhone also instead of Safari? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, right. I do. <laughs> yes. Good. And um, the real question is, 
um, USB printer cables. Do they come in uh, USB 3s? I just got a wireless printer, and it drives me crazy because it's so slow um, from my desktop, and I just wanted to switch over. I haven't seen any. Um, no, I'm not, not... going to say they don't exist, but I think everybody's still using the old USB B standard just because it's it's the most common. Um, so the connection that you have on your printer, um, it would typically be blue. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to have to be blue, but it's going to look different from that square shape. It's going to have almost like a Pentagon type look to it. Well, don't you think that? Isn't that kind of what it looks like? Like a, it's not really a Pentagon. It's like yeah, that's a little shape to it, but it's not square. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I've always called it a D. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it looks like a D. Now, the, the other end doesn't come, that, that doesn't have a USB 3 type connection. Yeah. And, and the real benefit to USB 3.0 is, is just the speed, and there's not a lot of speed benefit that you're going to get between your computer and your printer that you don't already get with that older cable. So there's not much of a reason to upgrade so to speak all right rosina thank you so much for your call we appreciate it maggie is in wiggins with a comment good morning to you maggie what do you have for us today yes good morning can you hear me all right yes you kind of sound far off but we can hear you okay uh my uh, first i have a general quick general comment the internet's been around for over 50 years people just didn't know about it because at that time it started with the military and research universities and it was offered that and then it expanded in the late 1980s and sent the office to the public. Now, consequently, if I'm a believer of it, hey, bro, don't fix it. You don't need politicians in the middle of this situation because it's working perfectly fine now. The two primary browsers are Mozilla and Internet Explorer. I use both of them. Depends on what site I'm going to mm-hmm. because some sites do not work really well with Internet Explorer. So if you have both of them on your systems, you're going to be able to use them. We're paying for the services now because you're paying the Internet providers to get the access. So I do not think any politicians need to be passed anymore regarding this situation. All right, uh, Maggie. Thank you so much for your comments. We really appreciate it. Maggie said, "If it's not broke, don't don't fix it." Okay, that's a, a good little slogan, Maggie. That I, I agree with too. Yeah, that, that we can we can use that advice in a lot of areas. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Southern Remedies up next. This is Think Radio.